You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast from Open Doors Canada. We're back this week with part two of our interview with Kia Alpur. Kia works with Article 18, an organization that supports religious freedom in Iran. If you haven't heard part one of the interview yet, you should go and check that out first. This week we're going to hear how former prisoners in Iran can find themselves in limbo. We're also going to hear a a heartbreaking story of a girl named Lydia. And as always, we'll learn how we can pray. So thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the interview. I would love for you to share some more stories of prisoners in Iran or even former prisoners as well. Sure. Well, as an Iranian Christian, I'm really thankful for all the prayers. And as Nasser mentioned, you know, uh, I also thank all my brothers and sisters in Christ uh, uh, who are praying or offering prayers. And as Nasser beautifully mentioned, which are like a, a pleasing fragrance to God. Uh, so wonderful. Thank you so much. And I need also to thank Open Doors uh, for all their activities to support the persecuted church and to be the voice of the voiceless people. Um, yes, many of these brave prisoners, when they release from prison, are forced to leave the country. When they, they, they come out of prison, they want to stay in the country. But uh, unfortunately, there are lots of, lots of pressure and they've been forced and even threatened to leave the country. For example, some of them uh, were told, if you experienced uh, a sudden accident or something, you know where does it come from, to you or to your family. You know, these threats. So that's why they want to stay in the country. They want to, uh, to serve. They want to do something for their country, but unfortunately, it's not possible. So many of them are forced to leave the country, and most of the time um, they have no choice but going to the neighboring uh, country, uh, Turkey, and, and seek asylum there. But sadly, uh, they live under inhuman circumstances in Turkey, um, especially after uh, September 2018. You know, UNHCR, the, the refugee agency of, of, of the United Nations, uh, handed over all the responsibilities to, to the Turkish government. And from that time, their situation is getting uh, really uh, worse. And one of them is Bijan Farrokhpur Hagiri, which Bijan and his family. Bijan is an Iranian Christian convert, uh, faces deportation from Turkey. And the, uh, the chance is high that uh, within a few days even, he will be uh, uh, deported to, to Iran, and which would uh, separate him from his wife and his 17 years old son, who is uh, seriously ill and cannot even walk, and uh, risk his re-arrest and imprisonment. Why? Because he was already in prison for several years. Bijan Farahpur Habibi is 48 years old, and uh, he is currently in a camp in Antalya, southwest. Uh, Turkey, 
and uh, he's waiting for for deportation, uh, unfortunately, and having failed with his appeals uh, to two Turkish courts already. Uh, he was taken uh, to the camp on April 29, even though he still awaits the results uh, of a third appeal uh, to the Supreme Court in Ankara against uh, the December 2019 verdict. But sadly, a few days ago, we realized that that appeal was also rejected. So the deportation notice uh, was served because of Bijan's um, failure, as, they, as the Turkish government says that, uh, to sign at a local police station in the resident city of Denizli for three uh, consecutive months, um, some, some, something he denies really, he said it is not true. His wife, Merzie, told uh, our organization Article 18 that Bijan had even asked the officials to check the cameras, you know, on, on, on the dates he attended to, to sign. Uh, but they responded that uh, they could not do so. Uh, Bijan and Merzi have been together in Turkey uh, with their son, Sina, uh, seven, 17 years old son, since 2018. When they applied for asylum with the UNHCR uh, because they faced persecution in Iran, just because they, uh, they, they are Christian converts, Bijan and his family applied for asylum years earlier because Bijan was facing a three years prison sentence for his membership of a house church. But when they learned that the lawyer defending Bijan was going to have uh, his license revoked and that the elderly couple who had paid for Bijan's bail were going to lose their house, Bijan felt really obliged uh, and compelled to, to return to Iran. Bijan said, uh, I returned to Iran because of my, my humanity and, and faith. It was not right in God's sight for me to, to want to stay with my family in Turkey and have the house and, and documents of an old man and, and woman who were really not in a very good uh, condition, seeing that that is gone. If I stayed in Turkey, their house would be 100% uh, confiscated. So... Bijan returned to Iran and submitted himself to Adilabad prison in Shiraz. And he was released uh, on parole nine months later on the condition that he should leave Iran immediately. As I mentioned before, they want to, to stay in the country, most of them, but it's not possible. Uh, but the persecution still continues in Turkey and he faces deportation to Iran and, and arrest. So it would be wonderful if uh, you can pray for, for them or it would be wonderful if, if Canadian churches can, can support them or you know, uh, sponsor them and, and help them to come out of uh, this situation. As the scripture tells us uh, in Hebrews 13, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were, were suffering. And um, I have also another request. Many of the Christians who've been, who, many of the Christians who have spent time in prison in Iran have later shared with us that they felt completely abandoned after their arrest and cut off from the world and their families. Interrogators will do their best to break, uh, break them through intimidation and insults and even threats to 
their families, they try to do so. Uh, sometimes the result of all this can be a total loss of hope. So I'm inviting you, you dear listeners, as an individual or church group, to consider adopting one of these prisoners, committing to remember them in your prayers, to stay updated on their details, you know, the details of their, their case, and to advocate publicly uh, for their release. Doing so can just provide that prisoner with the encouragement they need to uh, preserve through their trial. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and it's our desire to, to see people uplift these brothers and sisters in prayer. And, and as you said, you know, adopt them as someone that they will pray for regularly uh, and that, that, that they would not feel alone, that they would know that they are never alone, that they have a, a family brothers and sisters around the world who are praying for them. Kia, you had mentioned earlier, you mentioned briefly uh, about a heartbreaking story of a young girl named Lydia. Can you tell us a little more about her and her parents and what happened to them in this past year? Yes, sure. Uh, This is another example of legalized discrimination that religious minorities, especially Christian converts, are facing in Iran. Um, Members of religious minorities are not allowed to adopt a child born to Muslim parents. This is another example. Lydia, this is a very sad story, I can say. Lydia was just three months old when she was adopted by Iranian Christian convert Sam Khosravi and um, his wife, Maryam Falahi. Uh, just one month before Lydia's second birthday, a court has ruled that uh, Lydia must be taken away from them as Sam and Maryam are not fit. That was literally m- mentioned. They are not fit to be uh, her parents. Why? Because they are Christian converts. The judge even acknowledged that Lydia faced an uncertain future and uh, may have spent the rest of her life in state care. Lydia's parents also lost their jobs and they, they are also uh, fined only for practicing their faith and they might even go to prison. Mariam, Lydia's mother, uh, has been a nurse for 20 years and some works in the hospitality uh, sector. Some and his brother Sasan were each sentenced to one year in prison followed by two year exile uh, from their city Boucher, which includes a, a ban on working in their specialist profession, profession in the hospitality sector. So, In seeking to overturn the verdict, the couple's lawyer managed to obtain two fatwas from Grand Ayatollahs, you know, the the most senior Shia Islamic authority in Iran, declaring that owing uh, to the critical nature of the case, poor health of the child because Lydia uh, is is sick, and um, the emotional attachment with, uh, with her parents Lydia's adoption by Christian converts was permissible. So that was actually a kind of uh, fatwa or uh, something uh, legal, I can say, uh, from from, uh, grand ayatollahs. Uh, So generally speaking, in Sharia Islam, those fatwas are important. 
But the appeal court judges uh, in their short ruling made no reference to the fatwas and only declared that they were upholding uh, the ruling as they had not seen um, any specific or reasonable uh, evidence uh, to overturn, overturn it. In October last year, 120 Iranian lawyers and activists wrote an open letter to the head of judiciary in Iran asking him to overturn the court's decision. But sadly, they haven't responded to, uh, to this request. Lydia's parents are still fighting um, and uh, they are also in need of our prayers. Mm-hmm. It's to hear that this could happen is just heartbreaking. And uh, and so our, our brothers and sisters need our prayers. Our brothers and sisters in Iran need our prayers. And so maybe you could tell us a little bit about, uh, I mean, you've mentioned multiple ways we can pray, multiple people we could be praying for throughout. Just maybe give us some general ways we can pray for Christians in Iran, and then we'll, maybe we can spend some time praying. As Christians, we know that our God, because of his great mercy, um, has given us new birth into a new and living hope. Um, as a human rights defender, I also need that hope personally, hopeful, hope of bringing change and making this world a better place to live. Despite the fact that persecution is on the rise, we see the growth of the church and God is at work. So I am very helpful for the future of the, of the church. On the, on, on the other side, we see that throughout several centuries, persecution had negative impact on the church in some countries like Japan, Saudi Arabia, North Africa, and other parts of the world. So we cannot be complacent and think that persecution is always equal to growth of the church. But the good thing is, and praise point is that today, the body of Christ is stronger than before. Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, that if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. So, as you know, we cannot ignore one part of our body, which is painful. If we do so, we might lose that part. But if we, if we try to help and heal the pain of our body, uh, the future will be bright and we can um, rejoice together. So the relationship between the persecuted church and the church in, in, in Western countries, especially Canada, is crucial. Christians and the church in Western countries, especially Canada, can learn from the persecuted church and can also teach them. There should be interaction, as I mentioned. For a long period of time, many Christians uh, in the Western countries thought that the persecuted church is needy, uh, to be very frank with you, is needy, and that's it. Uh, but this is only one side of the story. Christians in the persecuted church could have wonderful spiritual lessons for us as Christians in the Western countries. The church in Canada is strong, so we can help the persecuted church and equip them. Brother Andrew, other brother Andrew, of course, the founder of Open Doors, uh, at the beginning of his ministry, realized that at least what he could give to the persecuted Christians was presence or presence ministry, just being with them. He was with them to encourage them and, and, and provide Bible to them. We need to let them know that they are not alone and they are, and there are several ways to do that. 
for example, many of our highly persecuted Iranian brothers and sisters and ex-prisoners are now suffering in Turkey, as I mentioned, the story of Bijan and his family. Uh, they are refugee claimants. They were forced to leave the country and go to Turkey, which is a neighboring country of Iran. Many of them are rejected, again, like, like the case of, uh, of Bijan. So they cannot go back to Iran, they cannot stay in, in Turkey, and they cannot leave Turkey. They are in limbo, literally. The church in Canada can sponsor them. Right now, this is the only possibility that they have because countries like the United States don't accept them yet. I, we hope that they also uh, change their policy, but still, uh, they don't accept them. A joint report by Words Relief and, and Open Doors actually was published July last year, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that report highlighted the dramatic reduction in refugee arrivals to the U.S. from countries where Christians are most persecuted. The report notes that overall refugee arrivals from, uh, from the 50 countries that we know are on the, on, on the World Watch list uh, have dropped dramatically in, in, the, in the past five years. Uh, from more than 1,800, uh, from more than uh, 18,000 in 2020 to approximately 1,000 last year. From 18,000 to 1,000. And of all the countries, it's Iran that has seen the sharpest decline with a 97% drop in Christian refugee arrivals since 2015. And um, another one uh, is, was Iraq, which was declined to 95% drop. Canada has a unique resettlement program, which is private refugee sponsorship. Churches in Canada can help many of our highly persecuted brothers and sisters like Vision and the other ones, uh, and, and ex-prisoners in Turkey by sponsoring them. So I'll be grateful uh, if you can pray for that and help those uh, ex-prisoners. They are not criminals. They were in, in, in prison only for their belief in Jesus Christ. But let's go back to the prayer points. So that was one uh, prayer point, and if possible, action points. Um, there are several uh, points that I can mention. Obviously, the prisoners and their families the stories that they shared of their time in detention um, prove even more vividly uh, to me that the depth of suffering these people face and their dedication to continue meeting as a house church uh, despite the risks. So they are really, really dedicated to continue despite many things. And sometimes it's not possible anymore. And they are, they are to leave the country. They, they, they have to leave the country. So one prayer point, the prisoners and their families. Second, protection of the church. The Iranian regime is very fearful of the growth of Christianity in Iran. If more and more Iranians convert to Christianity, the legitimacy of the Iranian regime, which is based on the Islamic theocracy, there is no democracy, Islamic theocracy will be totally lost. This is one of the reasons that the persecution is on the rise. But of course, on the other side, we see that God is also at work in Iran. Uh, another point, Lydia and their family, as I mentioned, they are still fighting. So please lift them up uh, in your prayers. And also, um, we need to ask God's protection for them. 
we are really in need of uh, trainings for the Christians. So needed trainings for the Christians. Uh, another prayer, uh, prayer point, uh, refugees in Turkey, please, please remember them uh, in your prayers. And um, last but not least, raising more awareness about the persecuted church in Canada. And I need to thank uh, you, Andrew, and, and Open Doors uh, for doing that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what we're we're here to do. We want many, we want as many Christians in Canada praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Iran and around the world. So let's uh, let's take a moment and pray together, Kia. Let me pray. Father God, we come before you on behalf of our brothers and sisters in Iran uh, and Turkey who have had to escape God. And we just, we lift them up to you, God. As Kia mentioned, many of them feel alone or cut off from the global body. And and God, we, we don't want that to be the case. We want them to know that they are not alone, that we are with them today in prayer. God, I think of the many individuals that were mentioned in our conversation today. Uh, I think of Bijan, who's going to be deported from Turkey back into Iran, where he's not going to be allowed to be. And, and in this impossible situation, life in limbo, God, I pray today that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. God, provide a way, a, a, a way that he can live with his family without risk of being kicked out, arrested, God, that he would be able to to live with his family and serve you. God, I pray for Sahib still serving his prison sentence. God, I pray today that you would strengthen him and encourage him. God, I think of Nasser. God, I thank you that he is faithfully serving you, God. And I pray that amidst this prison sentence that, God, even though Uh, It's wrong for him to be put in prison. God, may you use him there in prison and may many other prisoners come to faith in Jesus Christ because of his witness. God, I think of Homeun and Sarah. God, I pray that you would uh, work on their appeal, God, that that Homeun would not have to spend time in prison with advanced Parkinson's disease, that Sarah would be released as well to to look after her husband. God, we pray that you would protect them we pray that you would strengthen them today. God, we think of our brothers and sisters in Iran who are not named today, but live under constant scrutiny and pressure and, and persecution for their faith in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you that many are coming to faith, and we pray, God, that the church in Iran would continue to grow. God, we pray, Father, that you would strengthen our brothers and sisters. Strengthen the church there. God, and we think of those in Turkey living in limbo, these refugees. God, may you provide stability for them. God, may you move on the hearts of people to act on their behalf, God, that they would find stability, God, that they would not have to live in limbo any longer. God, may you find a way to get them uh, out of Turkey uh, got into places like Canada or other places uh, where they can uh, faithfully serve you. 
God, we pray that you would continue to strengthen our brothers and sisters in Iran. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Kia, for joining us today. We are grateful for your time. We are grateful for your work and the work of Article 18 to uh, fight for religious freedom in Iran. And, and so we pray God's blessing over Article 18 and over you uh, as you continue to serve Christ Jesus faithfully. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for uh, this conversation. Uh, thank you for what you are doing. And may God bless you, uh, bless uh, uh, Open Doors and your ministry, your ongoing ministry. Uh, thank you for everything. It was a pleasure being with you, uh, Andrew, uh, on this podcast today. Well, thank you once again for being with us today. Just before we end, I want to make sure you're aware of something really special going on at Open Doors right now. This month, June of 2021, you can be a part of the One With Them campaign. All month long, we'll be focusing on our brothers and sisters who are in captivity because of their faith. We'll be sharing their stories and praying for them together, culminating on June 27, which we're calling A Day for Christian Captives. Churches across Canada will be spending time praying for Christians who are in prison for their faith, and we want you to be a part of it. You can learn all about the One With Them campaign at onewiththem.ca, as well as access all of the resources to have a One With Them church service. You can also take the prayer pledge, and by doing that, you'll be adding your name to the list of all those who have committed to praying for Christian captives on June 27. Again, all of that at onewiththem.ca. Thank you so much again for being with us this week. We'll be back again next Wednesday. Until then, God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved and then click Prayer. Prayer.